Hey everyone and welcome to the episode 17 of the e-learning guys. My name is Nate Sejorga Dolmin and as always with me is David Charney. Hello Nate, hello everyone. Hello Dave, what's up? Oh, not much. Seriously, <laughs> 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 sure, I don't have, it's Sunday here so uh, yeah. it's Sunday there too isn't it? Um, it's it's hard to it's hard to answer that question question when you have a, like a pre offline show half an hour before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything is fine. Copacetic. Copacetic, good word. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, and from the good word to some good examples, we're gonna share today. And we were working on a bunch of interesting stuff, I think. Our main topic is we're going to be more focused on the scrolling. No, no, actually, not scrolling. We're going to be more focused on the sliders in Storyline. However, we do have some other short stories of other projects we have been working on. And Dave, you have developed uh, a lovely comma thingy in Storyline. Yeah, so we had a project that it, it, was a, it was a calculator, not quite the calculator you'd you'd normally see, but, you know, it adds a number of things up on screen through a formula, and the numbers were awfully big, and as you know, in Storyline, it doesn't automatically put commas in uh, uh, on the numbers, and so a long number might be a little bit more difficult to kind of read quickly mm -hmm. uh, where you'd normally expect commas. So uh, I was able to find a... Uh, some JavaScript, it's, it's certainly a common thing for web developers. Uh, so I expected there to be some pretty good JavaScript samples that I could pull from. And having done some JavaScript stuff in Storyline, I, I assumed I could pull the number in, uh, run it through the formula, and shoot it back out into Storyline. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I did create a video on that, so you can check that out. But uh, yeah, if, if you run into that problem where you've got long numbers and, and someone says, uh, it'd be great if there were commas in there, uh, you don't have to say, well, Storyline doesn't do that. You can say, well, we can solve that problem. Yeah. And you, you, well, you can say, well, Dave knows how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, you can give me a call. Yep. <laughs> so... If I'm trying to understand how that works, because I don't know I don't know JavaScript, so I imagine like it's it's reading the variable and then sort of converts it, adds the commas, and writes it back. Yeah, ba basically that that's how it works, and it's it's probably easier to see in the uh, in the video I created, and I do have the JavaScript sample there as well. But uh, yep, you mm -hmm. basically uh, you type in a number, or it looks for a number uh, in a variable. Uh, it runs it through the the function in JavaScript, and then it uh, it pushes it back into another variable in uh, Storyline. It has to be a non, uh, I guess, a text variable because there's commas in it now. Um, Non-number variable, right? It can't be a number variable, yeah. yeah. And uh, and there you go. You've got your your number. You can do whatever you want with it in uh, in Storyline. Nice, nice. These examples always sort of motivate me to to check some JavaScript because <laughs> it's useful. Yeah, well, and and very likely there's all sorts of other you know things that you might need to do with numbers, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure there's functions and things out there. So it's certainly uh, there's certainly options out there over what Storyline has. True story. 
I was working on a course that had to be developed in in Storyline 2, and it had to be focused on HTML5. So basically, the Flash is gonna be not going to be used at all. Uh, which, of course, is, is a bit challenging, mostly because the preview in Storyline is Flash. So it sort of lies to you what's happening with HTML5 and you cannot see unless you export and test. Mm-hmm. And then I... And the other thing was also that this was for a big, uh, well, let's say rubber manufacturer, and which means it's a huge company, which means they have old versions of, uh, you know, browsers. And mm-hmm. I had to check everything in Internet Explorer 11. Which is still, you know, like million times better than the 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 horrible thing that Internet Explorer six was. <laughs> uh, Very let's, true. Yeah. Let's let just not go down that rabbit hole. Um, so yeah, it. Uh, I quickly learned that some animations don't work in in Internet Explorer eleven, and I don't know how I missed that. Like you know, years before, but. Maybe maybe because I didn't have to check in Internet Explorer, but certain animations like wipe or uh, yeah wipe or or similar types of where where, where you have um, not like object to animate in, but part of the object disappears or, or or appears like in wipe that doesn't work in Internet Explorer 11 because it's not supported by CSS uh, and. Which which this actually also means that if you use wipe animation in Storyline 360, where you would expect that this thing will work, it doesn't. It just browser does not support that animation, and that's it. So I had a, of course, I that 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 presented the problem because I had a custom, like a seek bar, you know, at the bottom, and I just wanted to put a rectangle rectangle there and have the animation be long as long as the voiceover is and just have a nice custom sig bar so i didn't use any of the storylines you know usual player thing is and you know i i publish i preview and there's no animation the thing just appears and it was like what is happening here then i quickly learned nope you cannot use wipe uh so i had to change that to motion paths so a big rectangle, it's off to the side on the left, and then it moves moves slowly to the right, you know, for, I don't know, 30 seconds. And uh, yeah, this is how I solved the first problem. Then I, I also had another issue that hand cursor, I, I know you saw this, Dave, hand cursor sometimes does not appear on clickable objects in HTML5. In H, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And this was, I... I think I I think I nailed where where this happens. Usually it works like everywhere. However, when you have a an object that has a state that has something some other things in the state. You know, so I I often had like well just some other object in there and and when that happens when there there's like more than one object in the state, no, there's no hand cursor anymore. You know, so you could say you could solve that by having another object over that that has a transparency of 100%. So you shouldn't have fill nothing, but you should have fill with the color and then 100% transparency, and then the hand cursor will appear. Uh, the other way is also using the hotspots. Uh, so 
whatever is easier for you. Because I saw that with hotspots, for example, if I had an object appear when timeline ends, so it changes the state from hidden to normal, then it's easy to have another object be normal also at that time. But for hotspots, you cannot change the states. You know, so sometimes it's better mm-hmm. to use just the, the just the invisible object than to use the hotspot. But you know, if something is on the screen all the time and it's clickable, then I guess using hotspots it's easier because it's you know it's you, and also it's visually easier for you when you develop. You just see it there. Yeah, all, all great tips and tricks. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I know for personally, I I didn't notice those. Um, animation transition things uh, not working in HTML originally because I probably wasn't checking the HTML as often as I should for all things, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. earlier on, Storyline didn't publish to HTML all that great, so. Yeah, so you sort of ignored it, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of ignored it, and then, you know, when I did check it, I probably didn't check all the browsers, so, you know, important to check in the, in the hand cursor thing. I guess all those things are very important usability things, so. You know, mm-hmm. as we're using HTML more and more, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully to the point where we're only using it, um, really important to check. So good finds. Yeah, uh, and and, I, and currently, I'm just I'm I, we I'm, I'm happy that we're gonna do another course, and I'm slowly uh, pushing and lobbying for the next course to be developed in 360. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Mm. Uh, also, you, it feels like we're just, you know, wasting time with the review because I know the review tool is now available, but, you know, I'm using Storyline 2, which means I cannot do anything. <laughs> so even for the review process, I hope we, we switch to 360 for next one. Yep, well, that's, that's where we're all headed. And then another, and this one was really, like, you know, pain in the thingy uh, problem with Internet Explorer. Uh, I think I think I showed you this, Dave. Well, the course was in full HD resolution, which means one, so nineteen twenty by ten eighty. Yeah, which is quite big. Uh, let's say at, at least this is quite big for for e-learning courses. Um, because we wanted big, big quality. Because with HTML5 in Storyline 2, you know, if it scales up, the fonts are really not good. So we wanted to go the other way around. Let's make it really big so it it's gonna look great all the time. And the problem was when you start to resize the course to a so the browser window to a smaller window, so it goes under the full HD. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just smaller. A black or let's say empty space appeared right at the bottom of the course. You know, just that, yeah. I do. I do re- remember you showing me that. That is a very odd artifact. And it's expanding. The smaller the window, the bigger the empty space, and you get these crazy scroll bars, um, which is bad because you know, well, the client doesn't want that. And the the thing also this problem also appears slightly in Chrome, but with with smaller like maybe let's say ten pixels problem. But there in Internet Explorer it's like crazy. Once you once you go I don't know quarter of the size of the original, the space on the right is like three times bigger of the course than the course, and it's that was really bad. 
Um, so luckily, I, I reached out to to one of my you know sys admin web guys, uh, friends I know, and I just sent him a sample course. And I said, "This is the problem. What can you do? There is there maybe just a quick way? Maybe we can just hide you know the scroll bars. Maybe that's the quickest way." So he because it's you know everything is compiled. It's it's hard to search. There are like four CSS files there. And the guy quickly find out that in the player.css, there's actually a commented part of the style, I think it's called, style, I think it's called, where it says, you just remove the comment and it hides the scroll bars. Scroll bars. Mm-hmm. So the, the black space is still there, but unless you have a mouse that scrolls horizontally, you know, and you accidentally do that, you will not see this problem. So we just he 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 uncommented uncommented that line, and everything works now great. And I'm super happy that I have the solution. Good, very good. I'll find out which line, and I'll share it in the in the in the show notes. So please check that if you're interested. Dave. Yes, sir. <laughs> we were discussing a problem I had, and then you, on the fly, tried something, and it was so awesome that we have to share and tell the world. Sure, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> it was probably the quickest problem I've ever solved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So y- you were wondering—I don't quite remember what it was now—but you were you were asking about you know a way to kind of mask things. Do you remember what it was specifically? I, yeah, y- I, I can explain. I had a, I had yeah. a like a square button that once you hover over it another another uh rectangular rectangular shape comes next to it you know i do it, recall yeah yeah, yeah. it's that. it's in the hover state so and if you do that normally it means that once you will once you hover the thing will come off the screen on the screen and you know go next to the original object because just that's how the animation in works. It it goes from off the screen to the screen. You know, it's not just there where the original object is, but the whole slide is the you know is the canvas where the thing animates in. So I wanted to hide that thing coming in, and I was just wondering if there a way to hide this, not 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 just to put some object over it, but just to ha- have it really hid hidden. And yeah, that's that's where Dave came in. Yeah, and so so normally what you would do is you would take kind of a screenshot and mask out the part before, which you know if you start layering things, it just uh, and you got to take screenshots. Yeah. So I thought, well, what if you take a scrolling panel? You know, so that's a if you go to insert scrolling panel, you can create a scrolling panel, and put anything into it to get the little scrolling scroll bar slider. Um, mm-hmm for that one thing. I thought, well, can we use that for a mask? You know, and just, we basically dropped your little uh, button into it yeah. and it, it worked great. It, it, uh, you, you, it just absolutely masked what's ever on the left and right and top and yeah. uh, even, even bottom of whatever you're doing. So uh, played around with that a little bit and that worked great. And Tried some things with some menus where you can have kind of more floating menus in Storyline. Um, it just does a nice job of not showing that that initial. It's basically hiding the sliding from any direction 
that yeah. uh, you you don't want to, to be apparent to the user. However, it is limited in some ways because uh, you know this scrolling panel function. Uh, it's its job, you know, it's to show you what's up and down if it if it goes you know like on like a like away from that scrolling panel space, uh, which means this trick is mostly useful to have when you have things coming from left and right. Because if you would, if my button would be on the bottom part of the scrolling panel, I'm pretty sure the scrolling, the scroller would appear, which you, which is what you don't want to have happen, right? If, if, you're, if you're close to the bottom, I think it appears, right? That, it, that's absolutely true, yeah. If, yeah. Now, what you can do is you can, you can still stretch it far enough. If you, if you want something to come in from the top or bottom, you can still stretch it enough that uh, it usually works fine, but it, it is limited. Um, mm-hmm. There are some, I can't quite remember, there were some things here and there with dragging and dropping that didn't work too well in um, HTML and maybe Flash. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. just uh, like, for instance, I was in a situation where I had to do a quick little animation. There was a chair and the voiceover says, here, have a seat. And I wanted a, an arm to come in you know, kind of animate in from the top uh, right. But I didn't want to, like, have it come in from the top right of the entire window, just one little spot. And so I threw a scrolling panel in. I put in, I put the hand and arm in the scrolling panel. I animated it from the, uh, what is it, uh, wipe, or I can't remember what the what the transition is. But um, Fly in, maybe? Yeah, fly in, yeah. Um I know where the buttons are in storyline. I can never think of the actual titles to anything, but um, and it slid right in and stayed within the uh, kind of the mask. I'll call it. And uh, so yeah, it's it's just such a very quick way to mask anything out. Yeah, it, it, it's really great. It saved me. Well, actually, my my original problem was not big because my background was all gray, so it was just easy to hide the animation in, you know. But just. It's just useful thing to know. That's that, that that's just great. Yeah, because if you want to put any image behind it, suddenly yeah. you have to deal with uh, screenshots and and the mess of things and all that jazz. Like I, I did a thing where um, kind of off of what you had there, where uh, I had a skull, um, and you can see all this, and I've got an e-learning locker video for this, but you can see the skull. There's little question marks. If you hover over any of the question marks, um, the the name for that part of the skull kind of slides out. And so I've actually got several scrolling panels on there. And um, it took maybe uh, less than a minute to rig it all up over, you know, you can imagine taking screenshots and then, oh, wait, what layer order do I have these screenshots so you can hover over anything in any order and not cover anything else up? Mm -hmm. So it uh, seemed to work all right. Yeah, I actually do remember. I actually tried to have the whole slide be in the scrolling panel, so I could have a menu that looks like it's under the the slide. Yeah, that's right. That was very slick. Do you remember that example? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I do because you showed it to me, and my first thought was, "Well, how does he do that?" And so, when, when uh, whenever I my brain uh, says that, I. Uh, I remember very well uh, because I'm so interested in how you did do that, and it was actually pretty simple. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, we'll we'll put all the the links to these uh, 
examples in show notes. I have another short one, just sort of a tip that uh, you you can use. If, like me, you have to work in Storyline too, but you still have 360 subscription. Uh, and I was in need of some videos. So I jumped to 360, I searched the content library, found some videos, I put them in, you know, three slides. I, it could be just one, I think. Then I exported the videos. Well, I exported the whole, like, you know, this dummy course to HTML5. And then I went searching in the in the folder structure to find the four MP4, the three MP4 files. And then I just imported them in, in Storyline 2. And that, that's how I got some free videos. Very nice. Just, you know, stupid, but it works. Yeah. <laughs> another another problem solved. And now to the main topic. The, uh, now I should say now s- scrollers. <laughs> no, it's sliders. It's sliders. Sliders in storyline. <laughs> we have been playing with sliders a lot, trying to come up with new things, how to use them, maybe in a new way. And yeah, let me start with uh, my car example. I shared this also on eLearning Hero, so you may have seen it. It's a Nissan car, uh, X-Trail, and I took the 36 images of their internet and uh, created a 360 view of the car where you just grab the car and slide slide mouse left or right. So it seems like you're really moving the car, not, not that you're moving another object that moves the car. So that was my goal, to to create like hands-on moving of the car, like direct manipulation. And I think it works quite well after a few bugs were squished. I I think, Dave, you saw all the versions from first one to the almost perfect one to the perfect one. I did, and it's it's very smooth. And I can imagine for anyone that has a product or whatever it might be that you have to rotate uh, 360 or honestly it could be 180 or whatever it is, but uh, to be able to just click or, you know, realistically, it's more like I'm just grabbing onto the object and moving it around. Uh, it works, uh, works, uh, it's very intuitive. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I must agree. I concur, good man. Uh, but before we start with that, I just gave a, a little teaser for my example. But I think we should address the slider behavior uh, that changed from Storyline 2 to 360. So can you you lead us on that one? Yeah, and I'll talk about this a little bit too in in my own playing around with sliders. But um, between Storyline 2 and Storyline 360 or 3 in HTML5, there was a significant change to how the slider works. So just so you can imagine, uh, if I click, you know, the slider has a thumb area. That's the area you click and drag. And... If I cl- in Storyline Two, if I click anywhere in there, if I click the very top, the like the top pixel, and start dragging it all the way to the bottom, at the bottom, my mouse cursor will be on the top pixel of that thumb. So it's very one to one. But in 360 HTML, uh, and I click the very tip top pixel of that scroller, and I start to scroll it, you'll notice that the cursor, your your mouse cursor, by the time you get halfway down the screen, it won't be. Uh, in the top, it'll be in the middle of the thumb. And by the time you get to the end, it'll be at the bottom of the thumb. So you can imagine that if I click that thumb at the bottom of, it it really depends on how far the slider is 
uh, along the whole length of the, um, what do you call the slider bar area, th- it can open it up to these little jumps that can occur as the, yeah. uh, as the thumb needs to go to the right place yes. to match up to where the, yeah. you clicked. And that is not one-to-one. And that can cause, if, you're, if someone's not expecting it to be not to be one-to-one and you click and, and it jumps... Uh, and you're doing something kind of unique, yeah. it could really throw off the uh, the experience. Yeah, yeah. And also it's, you know, it creates just unforeseen stuff for, for the developers, um, as we know, both. <laughs> yeah, like it you does. said, it, yeah. it, it, if you have a button, up and down scroller, uh, scroller, slider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you said, if you just click on the thumb, it could already, the first click... Or, or the down press could already move the thumb because it jumps to the middle of the cursor position. So yeah, that's and and that's sometimes we sometimes we use very large sliders where you can't yeah. even see the full slider. It's a, it's basically invisible. Um, so the bigger the slider, the bigger the jump when you mm-hmm. click, and it has mm-hmm. to maneuver itself to the right spot. And so you can. You can imagine how that can really throw things off. And um, I know um, I had posted something on it. Richard Hill had posted something on it. And um, uh, apparently their um, uh, Articulate is looking into that, but I I haven't heard anything uh, about it. I'm sure it's a significant change to the... I mean, it it was a change to the code. I don't believe it's a bug. They changed the code, and that's the outcome of that change. So, yeah. uh, But I really think long-term that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so I'll uh, I'll try to explain how the 360 car example got developed and refined and perfected. <laughs> so my the first thing was just I have the image of the car and then I added I added 36 states to the car. So we have state one through to say state 36, which is which are all the positions of the car. So that was the first thing I did. And then in my first version, I just put an invisible slider in there. Uh, you know, had the triggers to change the state based on the slider variable. And, you know, it worked fine. However, it it jumped around because, you know, wherever you clicked, uh, it jumped to that position, which means it changed the state and the car just you know flickered to another position so that was not really the best experience so i was you know th- th- i guess this is one of those uh, keeps me up at night problems uh and i was just thinking that all i need to do is have a way to say that either the slider go- goes in one direction or in another direction so it in in which way the car should rotate um, so that was my like my first thinking of uh, doing that. However, at this point, I was already thinking that I cannot solve this problem with one slider because one slider just jumps around, you know, it just jumps, jumps, jumps. So another idea was to have another invisible slider over that one. Actually, the original slider could be anywhere, but I just put it over that one. And then I was thinking, okay, when I drag this slider, the, the 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 only one that user interacts with, when I drag this one, this one so should just tell the original one, you know, the, the one that changes states, to go either in 
one direction changing state or another direction changing state. So what I did was that the new slider, once you start dragging to the right, it knew that it was moving to the right because I was cha- I was checking the the slider variables. I saw that the number goes up, it doesn't go down, which which means that I'm going to the right. So every time this move this slider moves to the right, so every time the variable changes, add plus one to the original slider. So which means the sooner the 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 at the, 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 the beginning when you start dragging the other slider starts changing and the car starts rotating, which is great. That's that's fantastic. Um, the problem was, and that worked quite well, quite well. There was just one small glitch. In order to know in which direction I'm going, I had to save the the variable that the current variable and then like the previous variable after you start moving. So I was just seeing if the old variable is higher than the new one or s- smaller than the new one, which which gave me the direction. But the problem was that as soon as I clicked, and now I guess now this slider issue comes in, and so, as soon as I clicked, the slider jumped to the mouse position, which means it changed the variable, which means that at that point, the slider said, oh, Nate's went to the right, please move the car one you know one state to the next state and which which meant that every time you clicked the car jumped in one direction or another by one so and mm-hmm. then you started dragging and that was nice and i guess you remember this version i do mm-hmm. uh yeah so then i was just thinking okay this works great but it should ignore the first click basically so um i just added another condition that uh, if the variable, some variable is true, then just, you know, ignore that. And if it's false, do the changes. So I needed just that condition and that condition change.mouse click. So once you release the slider, it went back to the false and that's how I solved it. And now it works perfectly. So I'm quite happy about that. Yeah. Um, And any sub questions? Uh, Otherwise, I have just two more little things to add. So to visualize kind of what's going on under the hood, you have a huge slider. I mean, it's invisible. You don't know what's there, but that's generally what you do, right? Or, you, or maybe it's two sliders. Yeah, well, in this case, it's two, but, you know, one could be... The one that changes states doesn't really matter. It could be off the screen and in, in purple. It doesn't, doesn't matter. True. That's true. But the one that user is manipulating, it's it's really it's huge. It's 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 the thumb is the size of the slide, and it, the width of the the whole slider is like three times the size of the slide. I think it's really huge. Just let me add two more details to the to the whole project. I think I think I also added the 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 another trigger. So once you let go of the mouse. I think the thumb jumps back in the middle, although I'm really not sure at this point that I did that. But that could also be one solution, you know. If you have something that user always starts to drag from the middle, you can just have a simple trigger that says change the variable when user clicks, because mm-hmm. that's the click. Once they release, it's a click. Uh, that, and then the, just another two things. You know, because the car is like in the middle of the slide and there's quite a lot of space left and right. Let's say like 
let's say almost two thirds of the whole slide. And I didn't want users to be dragging there because that would just, you know, kill the effect. Uh, so I just put two two big uh, hotspots over there, remove the mouse mm-hmm. cursor, they don't have any triggers, so you can only grab the car and drag. And once you start dragging, it doesn't matter that the object is is over it because you're dragging already, you're, you're holding to the to the slider. So that's another thing I did just to to refine it refine it a little more. So yeah, that that was the car example. Yeah, it was it was a great learning experience, so I can tell you that, yeah. Yeah, well the end product is is fantastic, very intuitive and I could see how that could be used in many applications. Thank you, sir. Tell me and tell the world what you have been playing with. So I've been working on this um this kind of scrolling page and storyline. So as you scroll down the page, either by clicking and dragging a slider or just clicking anywhere on the page and dragging, uh, you know, information visuals kind of slide in on screen to add a little bit more energy and focus. Uh, you know, you'll see this a lot in kind of marketing websites where you just keep scrolling and more stuff kind of animates in, kind of keeps you interested in continuing to scroll, continuing to find out more information. Yeah. Uh, you know, this could be great for like a process or a timeline or to explain something without overloading them with all this information at once. Yeah, but I think I think your your like key uh, thing here is scrolling up and down because you know animating those that things in it's like secondary, I think. But how you did the scrolling up and down, that's the magic. That's true. It does scroll up and down. Although I am going to revisit my parallax guy at some point because I always wanted to, as the parallax guy walked through different scenes, it would check things off. I couldn't do that in the way I once had, the, the way I used to do that. So I'll actually be able to use the same approach on that uh, as well. But I really like the horizontal or the, the vertical scroll, uh, as you're saying. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, for for me to create that, I I created all my objects and I grouped everything, and and I used two motion paths on the group. So you know, one that goes down and one that goes up, and it's not a very long motion path, but you have to set those to a relative start point, so that each time the motion path occurs or you you run the move on the motion path uh, through a move trigger, the object just moves slightly. It just keeps moving slightly from the position that it. Uh, it was at. So if it moves down a pixel, it'll move down a pixel more and more and more and more, you know, the length of the motion path. So as you call that move trigger, it'll look like it's just continuously moving further and further down. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wanted to hook this all up to a a slider and have a slider or have a trigger that starts the motion path each time the, you know, the slider moves one step. So as that variable changes, I want it to move that motion path. Um, what's nice about motion paths is as you call a motion or start a motion path and then start it again, even if the last kind of movement didn't finish, it will automatically kind of cancel uh, or kill that movement and just go to where it should have ended up. Yeah, jump to the end position, right? Yeah. It jumps to the end position, exactly, yeah. So, you know, that that's absolutely that it had to do that so I could know where things were at. Now, the problem I was running into uh, is that I wanted to click and drag a slider to make this all occur. Uh, 
But what I didn't realize is that as you click and drag a slider, it, it skips steps. I knew something was wrong, and actually I talked to you, mm-hmm. Nate, and you had mm-hmm. thrown out the idea that it's likely skipping steps. So if I scroll a slider, instead of, you know, if I scroll from slow to fast, I in my brain it was going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. But in reality, what was happening was it was going one, two, three, four, five, eight, ten. Yeah. It was skipping. And because it was skipping, my variable, which said, uh, you know, move this motion path when the variable changed, it didn't change as many times as I was expecting it to. Yeah. Which is a, a problem. I can't, I have to have things align a certain way so that my little animations as you scroll would come in at the right time. You know, if, yeah. uh, if, uh, if I'm at a certain variable on the, if I'm at a certain slider variable, uh, make uh, set this one object's state to be, you know, my in state, so it it slides in, whatever. You know, it it wasn't running the way I was expecting it to. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> because you were you were you were you were stuck on the the thinking that the animations are slow or something like that. The animations are not keeping up. Right. But I went from the other direction. No, no, the slider is lying to you. It doesn't push the variables as fast as you're moving it. So that was the problem, yeah. Exactly. And I want someone to be able to just click and drag as fast as they want. Yeah, and, and that, it should work that, every time. Yeah. It should work. It should scroll. It should work every time. So it you know, became a little complicated. And um, again, they should be able to just, you know, as fast as they could slide that slider. Um, that was my... That was my my check. If I could just go go to town on sliding that thing, and it, everything ended up at the right spot, then I was in good shape. Yeah, but c- come to think about it, you know this this sort of is a bug because this should work correct. I you know it'd be great if it could automatically run through those variables, um, yeah. but it, it, should. it couldn't. So yeah, it, it should. Yeah. Uh, so what I had to do was I basically I created a layer. Uh, and I show that layer whenever the slider's variable changes, like you, like I wanted to do originally. Um, but when that occurs, instead of me just automatically firing the, um, having the trigger for the motion path, I have a little uh, couple of variables to see what the variable was the last time uh, and what it is now. So mm-hmm. if it's if I was at five and I'm at ten, I know that I skipped five steps. And knowing that now I can then run that layer five times, I just have a little countdown of those five times. Of course, if I keep sliding, this is where it's complicated, I keep adding to that as well. So it might go five, four, three, you know, five, four, three, you know, it keeps adding up. Um, the user doesn't see that, but uh, it just keeps running through that layer so that if I scroll really fast and it skips a bunch of stuff, it will just very rapidly run through that layer, which is... The layer has no time on it. I've, I, you know, I, I moved it all the way, so it's zero amount of time that layer. So it just rapidly runs through, calling this um, motion path. And so, mm-hmm. from the user standpoint, it just looks like it's just sliding really fast the content. Yeah. Uh, so that was the, um, that was the fix, and that was a, a that was uh, frustrating. That, that's a, but it's a good fix. I mean, you basically debugged it by, you know, using a few triggers. Yeah, and it works 
very well uh, in HTML and Flash. It's it's very quick. It works every time. Um, of course, we've as we talked a little bit. There's the Storyline 360 issue. So if I view the HTML in 360 um, or the the output, the 360 output in HTML, as I drag very quickly um, before I well when I click, it all jumps first and yes which just throws you off i mean because i have a a large kind of slider as well um i've got two sliders one you can click and drag anywhere in the content and just start dragging up um that will jump it, it just it throws you off you don't you don't know what happened uh then the smaller slider up in the top right that kind of is the length of the the thing mm-hmm. that jumps too it just it's just terrible so my my current version that I show that I show off has to be Storyline 2, which is not what I want because I want to build a tool that other people can use for their own, uh, you know, processes and timelines. Mm-hmm. But it can't right now. It can't be 360. I think we discussed this quickly offline when when you had this problem, and I think that you know having, <laughs> like I did, having another layer over it. That just says to the bottom, no, not layer slider. Just, just, just says to the bottom, move, move plus one up or move plus one down, and you know that it stays in the middle. Maybe I, I think it. It sounds just sounds to me that maybe that could be solved the way I solved the car thing. It's it's true. I I, I can probably fix that. Similar to how I fix the. This how it's skipping steps. I mean, basically, what I'm doing is I'm I'm completely disconnecting the slider to the action that's occurring, and having these little interpreters to yes figure everything out on top of that. Yeah. yeah. So because I'm doing that, yeah, I can very likely solve the problem. It's just getting very complicated, and uh, the more you put into it like that, the more there could be potential issues in different browsers and different systems. So. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I agree, but it's great that you you know you. I guess if someone sees that and and uh, knows that it's that it's a storyline too, you know, scrolling up and down like that, it it's a, it's an awesome example. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like how it works. I mean, it's you know, storyline is so you're in a slide, and I I can I feel like I could kind of break out of that a little bit and um, yeah, and and create a whole new um interaction or uh experience mm. so yeah we'll see we'll see where we go from there to the moon to you know <laughs> did you want to say that <laughs> what did i tell you what i'm working on there uh that i'm i'm making a version that is vertical but it starts from a rocket a saturn 5 that blasts off as so you, as you keep sliding it goes through the experience of taking off from Earth and getting to the moon, the Apollo mission. So literally, <laughs> that was where I was going with it. No, I I just, well, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I just had this thought, but I totally forgot that your example, yeah, that it was connected <laughs> with the moon. <laughs> so you subconsciously said it. Yeah, well, stupid things come in my head, then I said them. Um, <laughs> I have that problem. <laughs> I, have, I have one more... Uh, Example to share with the sliders, and then I think we'll have to wrap up. I wanted to create, like I had this idea of user having a word, and they could click on on each 
letter to hear the letter, you know, like for kids learning words, for example, and, and learning to spell. Mm-hmm. So I wanted them to be able to click on each letter to hear to hear the pronunciation, and then some other way to hear the word because I didn't want to have some extra button just for that. So I was thinking, can I make a sort of gesture thing here, like you know, usually that that we that we usually you know use on um, tablets and stuff, so where you just swipe something. So I tried to recreate or or just create that. Uh, and yeah, I I I think I mostly succeeded. So you can click on each letter and you can hear the word, and then if you swipe from on the word from left to right and release, you can hear the pronunciation. So this was again done using an invisible slider that starts on the left side, so on the first letter, more or less, let's say on the first letter. And then I had spots up. <laughs> what did I say? And then I had hot spots, uh, rectangles over other letters. So when you click each rectangle, rectangular hotspot, you can hear the, you know, just play media and you can hear the word. That's the easy part. And then on the slider thing, the, the part that was only exposed on the, you know, on the first letter, I also had a trigger. So when user clicks the slider, play the letter and then again I had this issue of slider jumping around because if you just clicked a, a little bit to the right of the you know of that letter slider already moved to the next variable and it it broke the illusion or just something went, went wrong so yeah I think I, I think I solved that mostly um yes yeah, that was annoying it's very, very nice. It's very mobile feeling, like smartphone feeling, because you've got kind of two interactions that can occur yeah. based on how you interact with it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So that, at that point, I just had, I had two triggers. Well, two, two ba- let's just say two basic functions that if you don't drag it to the end, I think there's all, I think I also included some progress bar so you can see if you, if you dragged it enough. Uh, so if you just release in the middle of the dragging, so you come to the middle of the word, I have another trigger that says, okay, once the the slider is clicked, because when you release it's a click, change the variable to the, you know, variable one to go to be, to go to the beginning. So you can, user can drag again. So that was, that was one thing I had to do. And another one was just once the slider is at the end and released. So there's another when it's click on condition that the variable is, I don't know, 20. So what's the end variable? Play the media. And that was the pronunciation of the whole word. So yeah, that was just, you know, just like a concept thing. I, wanted to try this and yeah it works great it's just uh, slider jumping around to get me some trouble but yeah I, th- I think it works okay it's very nice thank you thank you and now I think it's time to wrap up our 17th episode Dave are you on the interwebs <laughs> and yeah and can people people find you there yep yep they can uh, if you need custom learning development you can check out Illumingroup.com for my videos, some of which I've covered a couple of the things we've talked about today on, uh, and some e-learning templates and various e-learning things. You can check out elearninglocker.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Dave underscore Charney. Uh, how about you, Nate? How can people find you? You can also find me on the on the in, on the internets. Uh, I'm on Twitter under nickname N E J C D. That's Nate's duh. 
and also on elearningbrewery.com. Uh, you can contact us through the website, theelearningguys.com. If you have a challenge or, or, or a problem or something that you think it cannot be developed in Storyline, we want to hear about it because we, we, me and Dave love a good challenge. Please consider subscribing to the podcast if, if you're just listening through the website and uh, have a good one and create some awesome e-learning. Yep. Thanks, everyone, and happy learning. Yeah, I said, oh, it's going to be 30 to 40 minutes. 55.